0: Did you know that podcasts are a great way to grow your personal and business brand voice? Here's the secret. We all want to feel connected to brands we buy from. What better way to humanize a brand than through sharing your story on a podcast? KitCaster is a podcast booking agency that specializes in developing real human connections through podcast appearances. If you are an expert in your field, have a unique story to share or an interesting point of view. It's time to explore the world of podcasting with KitCaster. You can expect a completely customized concierge service from our staff of communication experts. KitCaster is your secret weapon in podcasting for business. Your audience is waiting to hear from you. Go to kitcaster.com slash great to apply for a special offer for friends of this podcast. That's K-I-T-C-A-S-T-E-R dot com slash G-R-E-A-T. Again, that's Kitcaster dot com slash great. Welcome to I Think This Is Great with Clay Inferno.
1: Okay, cut. (laughs) All right, welcome to I Think This Is Great with Clay Inferno with returning champion LJ Malberg from Compassionate Muse, co-muse. Thanks Thanks,
2: Clay. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me back. I'm so excited to be here.
1: What I was going to say that I just teased you with was this is going to, you're the first guest on this show for season one. And I think it's a good time to close out my season two uh, with LJ. So you are really going to end cap the beginning of the first season and then the end of the second season while I take a break. And we, we talked a lot about, I had amazing guests on season two. So I'm I'm glad to cap it off, like really going out and bang with, with you LJ. So thank you so much. I'm
2: super honored. And I've been following your season two. Some very impressive conversations have been had, i'm I'm very excited for the direction you're taking this show. It's great,
1: well, thank you, and yeah, it's sort of ending the season on come back to season three when things are a little bit more open, and maybe I can do some of these things in person, I think, even if not, just the mindset of getting out of quarantine. It's been a long year for everybody and that's a lot of the stuff we've talked about. We've talked to, to my friend Akila about, about affirmations. And we talked to some media people about, about getting guests and, and, and also other things we've been talking about that I've always been a little bit uh, sketchy on, which is like actually charging for my time and my, in my work because I am super like, let me just do that. And I'll add it to my portfolio, or let me comp this. Let me just do that because I want to do it. but I've had some guests on there just saying, like, What are you crazy? You gotta get paid for this <laughs> So I've learned a lot this season, so
2: it's a huge learning, and i I've always um been of the school of serving more than taking and that doesn't necessarily mean that I don't get anything back in return. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's lots of ways to explore that. And I've also been more recently been practicing, even if it's just a small stipend, you know, whatever I can do at the time that I can do it, mm-hmm. some sort of offering to let people know, you know, that I want to honor them. Mm-hmm. And it it's, you know, it, it just all depends. But, you know, my mindset is if you can give it away and you can do it wholeheartedly, mm. meaning no matter what the response is, you're not you have zero expectations on the receiving end. If you right. can give it wholeheartedly, you should do it. If you're at all hesitant about going all in with your heart and being wholehearted in your giving and in being in service. Don't do it. It's not worth it to go to half-ass anything. It's, it's not a great reflection of your own work and your own spirit. And it certainly is, it's received on the receiving end as only being received part part way. People mm-hmm. feel that, you know, so it doesn't really serve anybody well to do that. So either go all in or wait for something, for an opportunity where you feel like you can go all in. And, and saying no thank you, you know, also opens up opportunities for the other person to go out and find a fit, a match that feels mm-hmm. really great for them. So
1: this isn't related exactly to what we were just talking about, but I, I just sent an invoice for something that was essentially a fundraiser, but I did a lot of work for it. Like I basically ran a, a virtual box office. You know, and you know how you have to deal with every single customer and it's streaming time. So (laughs) people bought different packages and whatnot. And it was, it was like, honestly, a lot of work. And uh, I sent my invoice in and they said, uh, you know, like, oh, you kind of weren't expecting this (laughs) invoice or whatever. But I said, okay, why don't you give me less than half of the invoice, but let's give the, the value of the invoice total back to the charity. So I was able to kind of flip it and say, well, I'm donating donating my time to the charity itself, not uh necessarily the the artist I was working with. And everybody was happy with that. You <laughs>
2: found a win win win. I love those. That's that's so beautiful and creative of you to come up with that. In kind work is amazing when it works. And that's a perfect example. Kudos to all of you for being on board for something like that. It's great.
1: So why don't you give our listeners an update on what's happening with you lately, if you don't mind giving us a brief, a brief update.
2: Yeah. Thanks, Clay. It's an exciting time for Compassionate Muse. You know, this has been you know, my company supports music and tech professionals and music and tech organizations, small, medium sized, and large, to help improve interpersonal communication skills, negotiation skills, conflict resolution, mindfulness, practicing self awareness, team building. We work with leaders on leadership and There's trainings and coachings and articles and compassionate-based networking that we offer to our members, which is being formalized later this year on an actual platform. I'm really excited about that. We have lots of people in our community that are coming from different channels all over the globe and all over the internet. So we're finally getting together in one space, which is super exciting. And we're calling that comuse.work, where everybody can go if they're interested in learning more and putting their name on the list. And we're going to be emailing out more information very soon about what this could look like. Very accessible to everyone. We intend for it to be that way. We intend for it to be affordable. We intend for people of all stages of their careers to have access to other people in all stages of their careers. Mm -hmm. I think it's really important for people to continuously practice open-hearted communication, which is part of the work. It's compassion-based work, human first approach strategies, and yeah, all steeped in, in the, in the practice of compassion, compassionate communication and, and such and now working, one of my largest clients is in the music tech NFT space, which is just exploding right now. Mm-hmm. And it's a big so, question
1: mark for everybody. Like, what it, does this mean?
2: So it's so crazy right now. I ask myself that question every day. I'm constantly <laughs> learning and growing and, and, and challenging what I'm hearing. And there's a lot of opportunity, I think, post pandemic for us to have new types of conversations change shift this industry into something more inclusive mm-hmm. and certainly more in more understanding so that's really exciting to me that is what you know i wake my i wake up every morning and like pinch myself that that's the kind of work that i get to do and you know, offer executive coaching and consulting to all of these amazing people who are looking to live their best work lives and develop new practices in the industry that really, I think, solidifies music industry 2.0. I feel like there is a huge changing of the guard right now you know, in addition to the baby boomers aging out of our industry, we have a huge opportunity to shift Black voices, BIPOC, LGBTQ community, excuse me, voices, you know, marginalized voices into positions of leadership. I think about that every single day about how we do that. I, ha- I get to have lots of really wonderful, sparky, sparkling conversations with mm-hmm. people about that and you know what does it look like for for me as you know a white woman to be able to support those voices what does it look like for white men to be able to support those voices mm-hmm. what does that mean for everyone beyond the bottom line yes it absolutely does improve the bottom line we've got the data to show that and gotcha. what does it mean beyond the bottom line how does that improve everyone's understanding and culture unified culture so
1: you mentioned music 2.0 and i first of all i have to say thank you for all of the free resources you put out you can sign up for the mailing list and, and you send out very thoughtful thought provoking stories and also just great resources to to have people think about this, these kinds of things, the inclusivity for sure. There's also an element with music 2.0 that's going to grow out of how much this industry has been doing the same thing over and over again for such a long time down to physical spaces and offices and, and meetings and, you know what? We didn't like a lot about what was going on in music 2.1.0. Uh, Why don't we, now that everybody has had a chance to take a beat, like how can we change everything about work? That's really the kind of the goal, right? Like how can we make it just better for everybody?
2: <laughs> yeah. It's really about redefining success. You know, this this traditional model of the music industry was, is historically very transactional. Mm-hmm. It's it's completely quid pro quo, and you know, we again historically we come from two types of personality buckets. Mm-hmm. They tend to this is a definitely a generalization, so please take it in the context of a generalization. But people. <coughs> in our industry tend to fall into two buckets either people pleasers or people needers and the people pleasers have a really hard time setting boundaries for themselves and tend to please until it hurts and then the people needers you know they tend to take 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 and you know they have a hard time setting boundaries to stop that and so mm-hmm. the, the you know the goal i think the shift here is really, and a lot of what the work is, I believe, universally so for our industry, is how do we move both buckets of people towards the middle?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: How, do, how do we start to shift to the middle? I don't believe that people pleasers will all of all of a sudden wake up one day and, and just be complete opposite. They'll be people needers. And I don't believe I certainly don't believe that the people needers will wake up one day and just all of a sudden have this epiphany that they're gonna be people pleasers. You know, it's that of course would be like the movie Scrooged or something. <laughs>
0: right, but,
2: right. You know. But I do believe that there is practicality, data and You know, the fact that the work works when we when we show up and we communicate and we figure out how to help each other as best as possible, given where we're coming from in that moment, that we can start to shift towards the middle in a healthy way, in a healthy way. So I'm really excited about that shift. It's happening now. There are a lot of organizations out there doing amazing work to start to move things to the center I really appreciate the the compliment for the newsletter. You know, I try to really put out engaging content, again, accessible content that I, I do want it to be thought provoking. I do want people to ask themselves at the end of a newsletter, Not at, not every newsletter is like this, but ask them at the end <laughs> of themselves at the end, like, okay, what's this, what's the one takeaway here? What's this one thing that I could apply to my workday today? You know, when I talk to my manager, when I have a meeting with a band, you know, when I have to deal with this really difficult agent, you know, or I have to have a ticketing conversation or whatever it is, what's this one thing that I can apply to help move this forward in a more central unified way Mm -hmm. and yeah and again i'm really excited at the prospects so that's something to look forward to lots to look forward to this year coming out of an era where my friends and industry have been deeply hurting so lots to solve for
1: lots to solve for and the 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 great creativity boom that everybody thought was coming because Dead Kennedys made great records when Reagan was president, right? <laughs> so it was like, this is going to be good for art. Uh, well, it turns out it wasn't wasn't so much. And then, then we're hit with the pandemic. And one thing that, that you mentioned you wanted to talk about was was just like a levity, le- humor, laughing, smiling, because I can remember days in this office that I'm in right now where, sure, it was it was like lighthearted, but wow, there was like a lot of heavy moments, and then I I look back on them and I'm saying like, why was it so? why was it so heavy? <laughs> you know, uh, given uh, that we just faced an incredible year that we didn't know it was coming, that we, we I wish I could go back in time and relive those experiences and, with a bit more, a bit more joy, a bit more tongue in cheek and uh, and still get the work done and, and still just be able to to smile and laugh my way through it. So I think that the work that you're doing is I hopefully bring some, some joy to people in, in that sort of way.
2: Yeah, for sure. I love that, Clay. You know, I think it starts with uh, a sense of self-awareness and mindfulness about where you're at right now in the moment and being able to separate out who you are as a human from what you do for a living or what your passion is if you're if you're not working in music full time if it's a hobby or it's a side hustle whatever the capacity is there we are so 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 much bigger than what we do
0: mm.
2: and if we could take many moments in the day to step back take a breath and acknowledge that and stop self-identifying like over-identifying with what we do for a living and for the record like I find in working with both people pleasers and people needers that both groups do this they identify with their jobs wholeheartedly we definitely all have that in common in this industry we are the music business you know Mm -hmm. I got into this business because I love music of course you know that's that is that's our common thread and we make music you know i used to i used to make music and i don't do it anymore except in the shower and you know it's probably better that way at this point but you know it's re- it's really important to be light-hearted about our perspective we get so entrenched in and this tunnel vision And that's really hard to do. It's really hard to do. I don't know if you can say fuck, but it's really fucking hard to do. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's It's, Okay, excellent. Yeah, it's really fucking hard because, you know, when things are hard and your level of survival that you're accustomed to is at jeopardy, is in jeopardy to tell somebody to take a step back and take a breath and try to separate out what they do from who they are. I mean, they're going to look at me like I have six heads and tell me to go fuck myself.
1: So yeah, that's the, that's the, the thing where uh, <laughs> in crowd control, when you tell someone to calm down, that's the last thing they're going to do.
2: Yeah. Timing, timing is uh, as they say, timing is everything I can. My New Yorker is coming out right now. I can hear it. It's, it's definitely, you know, it's, you do have to time it when you are talking to somebody else. So the best thing that we can do for ourselves is be able to recognize it in ourselves first. You know, if someone else is recognizing it in you, it's been happening maybe enough that they recognize it. Right. And so now they're ready to say something, but, but if you can practice uh, self-awareness and you can do that in a number of ways, meditation being one. And I'm a huge advocate for meditation and a 21 year practitioner, daily meditation practitioner. So I definitely practice what I preach, but I would say, you know, that's like, that's the number one thing you can do to spark lightheartedness and humor. I, when I am on the cushion and I'm meditating and I'm watching these thoughts come and go in my head, I have never been more hilarious in my life. I'm mm-hmm. hilarious. And when I talk about it outwardly, I'm not that funny. And that's mm-hmm. okay. But in my head, I am I'm fucking hilarious. And I love that. I love that I've de- been able to develop that relationship with myself to not take myself so seriously, to be able to see that my value as a person is so much bigger than my job in music which has shifted and ebbed and flowed so many times over the last 26 years right so as many of us you know it it has it's we wear a lot of hats in this business
1: and almost well i i think that what you do with compassionate muse is it's it's almost cliche to say it, but it's it's perfect for this time right now, right? Like it's it's absolutely perfect for for the the quarantine and, and staying home, and because there's plenty of days where you know I, I I almost think like I'm not like a Dr Jekyll Mr Hyde kind of person, but like this podcast is I think this is great, and I'm like super positive, but I spend plenty of afternoons like taking naps and feeling bummed out and wishing I could do the things I used to be able to do. Me too, brother. Um, uh, but I also when I'm riding my bike, I'm I'm meditating in a way. I'm cracking myself up with a joke that's only funny literally to me. I couldn't explain it to anyone else, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, I see a street sign that I think is funny. Or yeah, so it's, it's a lot of that in inside of your own head. And you know, I, I hope that people that are you know not not suffering from severe mental illness or, or or anything like that but but people are able to maybe get themselves out of that like you know definitely like feeling alone or, or isolated or anything like that because there's moments during the day where i feel alone and isolated but then yeah but then i then i go outside and i i, I go for a walk and i I, or I ride my bike and and I, and I don't I don't don't sort of feel that way anymore. but yeah, we can be pretty hard on ourselves, but being able to crack yourself up, I think is a good skill.
2: <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, our longest relationship is the ones that we have with ourselves. And yeah. you know, if you can't enjoy your own company, you know that's a shame. That's a shame. So being able to laugh with yourself, laugh at yourself without, and I'm not talking about self-deprecation because that's also over identification, big difference, big difference. So laughing at yourself in a way that is lighthearted and, you know, not, not judgy, I guess is the best way to say it. And, Maybe laughing with yourself is the best way to say it. You know, be befriending yourself and enjoying your company, and being able. Be, now, the next level shit is to be able to do that with other people around, because right, then right. you're that's not, not
1: self-deprecating. Yeah, that, that's that right. Still, I'm enjoying myself as a person. I'm exactly enjoying you people as a as a person. I'm the guy that when I eat, like I get crumbs all over my shirt. Isn't that funny? You know, like that kind of thing.
2: It's Exactly. You're just, you're, you're, your whole self and you're not over consumed by the feedback that you're getting from the outside as to, you know, what judgments they may lay on top of whatever that is. They're going to do what they're going to do. And you can just enjoy the fact that you are around people who also have their own things and you know, we're all in it together. We're all in it to win it.
1: I think so much is put, so much in fake, sort of fake importance is put on the judge. I don't want to, I don't want to say this. I'm going to, I'm going to get judged. I'm going to, I'm self conscious about being around these people or these types of people or, or like they're all going to, when I leave the room, they're all going to be pointing and laughing at me or, or something like that. But one thing I found, I've learned a couple of really important lessons in this quarantine time. And that is one that like, really, and it goes back to something my dad taught me when I was like nine years old. And he said, you have to take care of yourself. And, and like, don't care about what those kids at school say. Don't, you know, even, even like your, your family, like you have to take care of yourself first. And then it then it comes along, you know, and I during this quarantine time, I've never more felt like, well, fuck them. Like it's just if they can't handle it or whatever decision I made that they disagree with, I'm really not going to get caught up with it because those people, they're also being totally uh, I get use the word selfish in a way that is is not like a like a bad term they're, they're thinking of themselves they're not thinking as, about me as much as i think that they are you know like they're really just thinking about what advantage or what they can get going for them they're thinking about their self and their own world it's not so much yeah there's people like to gossip and stuff but it's it's not so much like about the judgment really it's it's about like we're all driving our own ship here (laughs) and like, how can we, you know, if I know that I'm, I'm happy and driving my ship, then I'll probably be a better, you know, boat on the, on the speedway here (laughs) or whatever. Right.
2: And I, I, I love that analogy because it, it visually, you know, we, I think traditionally we've been conditioned in the music business to go it alone in a way that, you know, don't, don't trust anybody. Don't trust this person's a snake and this person's out to get you and don't sign this contract or you're going to get burned. And, you know, you're always looking over your shoulder and you have to take care of you. So we're coming from a place historically of being very protective because we're afraid. And, you know, so the, the new, we talk about music 2.0, we talk about creating, sorry for sounding so granola-y, but you know, I'm originally from the San Francisco Bay area. So what are you going to do? You know, Hey, you, you can take the girl out of San Francisco, but, but you know, <laughs> not, the it, granola. not the granola, you know, I spent the last 14 plus years in New York and to have two New Yorker parents. So again, what are you going to do? But, you know, you know, you want to create safe spaces is what I'm trying to say. And, <laughs> and you do it by going first. You do it by going first. So, you know, people ask me a lot, Clay, like, well, so how did you get into this line of work? LJ, you know, your you're compassionate muse, like, but you were in like sales and music strategy and you were like all on the live side of music. Like how'd you transition over? And I, it all made I, sense
1: to me from the beginning. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I got it immediately even though maybe other people might not have. I, I, I completely saw the where, where you could take this thing.
2: I love that. Well, that is a huge compliment and also a testament to our friendship and I, I appreciate that. you know I'm a I'm a person of doing. I'm literally a kinesthetic learner. I have a background in dance. I was classically trained from the time I was three and I was a professional ballroom dancer and I did lots of different styles of dance and, you know, I learned best by physically doing. And so the best way I knew how to get into this, which this being coaching and consulting and, and, and was learning on the job. It was doing this type of work while during my time at Eventbrite. It was doing this type of work with my clients at TicketWeb and Ticketmaster. It was mm-hmm. infiltrating, you know, the practice of self-awareness and over communication and under-identification, you know, through doing. You know, I did it. And then I modeled it and I hoped that people would show up and have these types of conversations with me. And there has been an amazing ripple effect. And, you know, a lot of people don't know who I am. I'm no Oprah, but, you know, I, and I'm not even Oprah in the music business, but it's, it's, you know, it, (laughs) we have to, again, we have to start somewhere, but, you know, even if I just reach one new person a day, That's huge. This work has huge ripple effects. Having honest, real conversations uh, with ourselves first, and then going first, modeling that by having these kinds of conversations with others to create these safe spaces for change. And that's why Compassionate Muse has been shortened to co-muse because co-muse is we are co-muses. We are all working together to inspire each other to change and move forward into this music 2.0 and music and tech 2.0. I work with tech professionals as well. And so it's a really exciting space when people uh, wake up to their own lives and work and realize oh my gosh, I have so much more control over what I do and who I am than I thought. And that that's very powerful.
1: What do you think about discoveries you can kind of make? I found something about myself that I really thought was super valuable, but I, I, haven't, I don't know how to fix it or, or change it or do anything except for maybe just the the gift of it was decide was was identifying it right like i realized that when i have a lot of things going on that i physically will do things like lock my keys in the car or leave my laptop at home or i literally washed my iPad in the laundry because I was taking it to work at the laundromat and I didn't tell anybody about it I was so embarrassed but I have realized that that's the thing that happens to me when I when I feel really frantic so do do you help people sort of identify weaknesses (laughs) in themselves or 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 what, what sort of value do you think happens when uh, a, a person discovers something about themselves like that? Because I've been trying to figure out what it actually means that I know that that's something that happens and I can identify it when it's happening. But is there any value beyond that?
2: <laughs> well, first, the first value that I can see is in your story is that your iPad must be very clean. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So that's amazing. That's I haven't. I haven't tried that one, but I'm going to try it. The second is that, you know, awareness is definitely the first step, but to your point, then what do you do with it? And, and so I think the question is to start with big picture. What is, what is it exactly that you're trying to achieve? What is, what is it that you want in the big picture of things? and then that will help you get clear as you reverse engineer it as to what you're going to do about being so frantic and pulled in 11 different places and being forgetful or whatever the symptoms of being f- f- this the symptoms of the symptoms right the symptoms of right. of being frantic and 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 so on and so forth as you peel back the layers what it is that you're trying to achieve. And then that will help you prioritize because you can't do everything at once. It doesn't work and it would drive you nuts and you'd try it once and you give up. So there's no grit in that. But I would say if you don't like the way it feels and you want to change it, ask yourself why. Mm-hmm. Why do you want to change it? What, what is it that you're trying to achieve? What's the big picture? And then start to reverse engineer that. You know, coaching can be helpful in that instance because uh, you've got somebody seated in front of you asking you the right open-ended questions to help you maybe reframe your thinking. There's some tactics there for sure, but overall, clarity is key and that's with everything. If you're trying to move forward, clarity is key, because if, you, if you're if you not clear, you can get really overwhelmed and you can freeze. So clarity starts with the why and the big picture, and then you can chunk it down into bite-sized digestible pieces that help you take one step forward
1: at a time. I think when we first talked, we, we talked about the, the value of, of saying no, and I, it, it just always... It always sort of comes up for me and I never forget that because you need to really set realistic expectations, not for your client or whoever your your boss or whoever, but like for yourself, right? Like that's <laughs> that's where you need to, where the power comes from is to saying, No, I can't do that because I'm gonna not ship a great Product.
2: <laughs> yes. And it's it's twofold. So it's that for sure. And you're taking care of yourself and you're communicating well to the client and you're communicating, you're managing expectations so they understand what's OK and what's not OK moving forward. If you choose to set a new boundary moving forward, then you can communicate that. But what you're doing is you're setting a tone for a great partnership. Like Mm -hmm. you said, you know, I want I only want to put out a great product. I only want to put out a great service and I'm only going to be able to do it within these boundaries. So help me help you. Let's figure out what what winning looks like within these boundaries. Yeah. Most people will go for it. And and some people, some people may say, you know what? You know, that's just not gonna work for me. I'm gonna need somebody to turn around turn it around faster or mm-hmm. different or better or whatever. And that is absolutely their prerogative and they're communicating back their expectations. And at that point you can have there's an opportunity to have a new kind of conversation right and we all know what those conversations can look like you can you can wish them well and hope that you can work together in the future when the timing is right or something else
1: or or something else definitely and something i've been doing in this quarantine is something i was never a lot of times i'm the worker bee like i work for other people i i run their box office i run their social media i do this or that i work for a company and i get told what to do basically not not that i don't have autonomy but but for the first time ever there's kind of an entrepreneurial thing that I've been doing. So I'm like reaching out to people I've never talked to before. And this is all like business 101 for most people, but I've decided (laughs) to expand my base a little bit. So I've had to become more of a salesman, become more of a, I can do this for you. This is what I can do. And I, I have actually said I don't think I'm right for you but I think this is the direction you should go for and this is the kind of person you should find you know
2: I love that because you're you're still keeping your service hat on. You know, meaning how can you be of service to these people beyond what you can personally offer? Maybe you can be a facilitator or connector, and there's value there. That it instantly, of course, positions you as an expert and a friendly in the business that they'll remember you as. And now you they're in your network, and of course you'll stay in touch.
1: Actually, since I mean it is sort of still new for me, but most of the time it prompts a okay well how can we work together like what what are things you can do for me let's deal with that later and it, it usually actually kind of sort of pushes the original conversation along in a surprising way that i didn't expect to happen i expected it to be like okay well I'm gonna go find the SEO expert and bye. Thanks for telling me. <laughs> you know, but you've been dealing with consulting for a long time. Open-hearted giving
2: brings some, some really wonderful surprises. It, it it it's and it happens more often than not, absolutely. But to do it because you expect it, that intention doesn't work, and people feel that now you've mm-hmm. you've just turned it into a, a quid pro quo almost, like a, an implied. Yeah. Quid pro quo. So that's, that's not what we're talking about here. You're just, you're giving because you're open hearted and you're, and working to be helpful. And people want to work with people like that. So that you just made them feel good. You made them feel cared for. You looked out for them and you don't even know them that well yet. And right, so, right. yeah, people, Remember how you make them feel. They may not remember the context of the conversation, but they will always remember how you make them feel. It's really important. And you know, as big and vast as the music industry is, you know, I don't have to tell you the music industry is so small. Everybody knows everybody. It's one degree or two degrees of separation.
1: Oh sure, yeah. I mean, and, uh, but that—that's something that you were t- touching on earlier was that like. You want to be afraid of this agent or, or you know, you're, you're kind of groomed in a way to, you know, be fearful of situations or this agent or this manager or this person or even, you know, boots on the ground production work. Like that production manager is a real hard ass or whatever you better coil his cables, you know, like, but yeah, it just doesn't have to be that way. <laughs>
2: It really doesn't. There is more than one way to do things. It doesn't have to be so hard all the time. We, we, I think we, in music, especially on the people-pleasing side, we tend to make work much harder than it needs to be. <laughs> and I, I think that's because we assume that we have to take on all the responsibility ourselves to get it done. And it, it's usually not the case. I mean, I'm, I'm a solopreneur. I just, I mean, I'm thrilled to announce I just hired my first assistant. So Yay. I'm like that I'm super psyched about that. And she's amazing. But, but that said, you know, solopreneur, I solopreneured it for, you know, three and a half years. And, mm-hmm. you know, but I still, you know, I realized in doing the work that I still didn't need to take it all on myself. Even though I work in the industry, I can still get good at asking for help, which for the record, I've been really shitty at for a big portion of my life, not just my career. Yeah. Being, you know, firstborn child, super autonomous and independent. I know that's shocking to anybody who knows me. <laughs> I, you know it's, it's, it's just, it's who I, it's my nature. And, you know, I don't need anybody. I can do it myself sort of attitude. You know, at some point, in my 40s, I realized, you know, what the fuck am I doing? I don't have to do this by myself anymore. This is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. You know, we are a community of people and we're here to help each other and lift each other up. There are lots of people in our community who are like this. And, you know, I think many of us forget that, or maybe we don't know that because we haven't made those connections. But we're out there. We're out there for sure.
1: It, it is a great gift. Also, something I've I feel like I've I've learned uh, from you is also that if we're talking about inclusivity, and we're talking about a more diverse workforce, and but but even beyond that, just like working with an intern, helping a student, coaching them along the way, is those you know hiring an assistant that you really are get you're giving this person an opportunity to to learn and 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 to be your assistant i mean that your assistant's really lucky to have you as a, as a boss because like you said it, it sort of spreads out from there and and just i can imagine how excited they are to, to work with you i mean it's it's just it's it's such a it's It's such an opportunity to to be able to to teach someone and and have their back and and like learn from them too that that's the ultimate number one thing i've and when anyone's reported to me is the stuff that I've learned from them and yeah, it's just a great opportunity for that
2: a hundred percent i i she's amazing and has an incredible background in music tech as well and in her own right and I, as much as she may learn from me, I learn probably 10 times as much from her. I truly believe that we are all each other's teachers. Sometimes it's what not to do, but that's a huge learning too. And, you know, in the case of of my new assistant, her name's Nicole. Hi, Nicole. Shout out to Nicole. What? What? <laughs> You know, it's, it is an incredible dynamic. I'm super fortunate. You know, we have worked together in a different capacity before we have a friendship. She has gone through some coaching with me before. So I think she has a real innate understanding of what the offering is and um, what it can do. And yeah, I am really, really excited, not just to have her help, but to have her care and understanding. Yeah, it definitely, it's definitely really important to show up in integrity in this work. Compassion-based work is work that works from the inside out. So you have to do the work first for it to work Mm -hmm. with other people. Um, The same thing goes for when I go and work with an organization. I'm not gonna work with an organization who brings me in the the board or the C-suite brings me in and then they don't participate That doesn't fly.
0: Right.
1: Everybody
2: has to, everybody's got to do it. It's the only way that this works. That's right. So challenging work, but it's super rewarding.
1: It's it's absolutely the best. And, and it's just such a, it's just such the right time. (laughs) It's just such the right time. I wanted to, so we we can wrap it up pretty soon, but I did want to go back to what are some joyful things people might be able to do that aren't aren't the obvious ones how how can they just feel more joyful <laughs> let's say they are having a really bad bad week <laughs> yeah what's a good way to to get to shake it shake off that blanket and and not feel so bummed
2: Great question. Love it. I can think of two ways right off the top of my mind. You kind of, you you led the witness in what you just said with shake it off. If you're a mover like I am, just turn on some really loud music and just get down. You know, shake Mm. your body. Move your body. Just be uninhibited. If you don't know how to dance, it doesn't fucking matter. Just move. Close your eyes. If If you are feeling afraid about how other people may view you or you don't want to see your own self move, then close your eyes and move, but feel Mm -hmm. the movement. It feels so good to move. We are alive. It is a gift. It's a gift. And, you know, if, if you have been fortunate enough to be born with a body that moves, you should move it. So that is, even if it's just one minute a day of going crazy, you know, or, you know, three minutes, your favorite song. Exactly. Definitely do that. I know a lot of people who've made a a habit over the course of the pandemic to get out and walk every day. Oh my gosh. It's amazing for headspace. I just recently relocated to Ohio. It's gorgeous here. Lots of walking and hiking trails and amazing fresh air, which you don't get a lot in the city. So Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm soaking it up. And I could, I can even do a much better job of that, but I'm really enjoying the juxtaposition of the, of the, the greenery here to that of the city. But you know, if you're homebound and put some tunes on and get down, the second way to do it is (laughs) forced laughing. You just start fake laughing yourself. Oh yeah. Just do it. Fake laughing here. I'll demonstrate and at some point, that actually turns into real laughing, and you will feel wow. your chest lighten. You will feel your face lighten. You will feel the mouths, the corners of your mouths turn up, because it's so ridiculous and silly, and it feels amazing. It's such a release. I, I, it brings so much joy. There's actual laughing yoga classes that you can take. I'm sure there's oh, wow. stuff online that you can check out. It's, it's so great. Of course, I'm, I'm huge on meditation. You know, there's a meditation where you can sit still with your eyes closed in a chair or on a cushion or on the floor, or you can lay down and close your eyes and just think about the happiest thing that you could possibly think about for a whole minute. Set a timer on your phone for a minute so you don't have to think about the clock and just stay focused on that one thing and smile from the inside out. So that's a joyful exercise that you can do. That's a very beautiful, quiet, simple exercise, maybe for the more introverted folks out there. <laughs> and it's it's just as joyful.
1: I love that. And yeah, it's I the, the program I I studied at Mass College of Art was called the Studio for Interrelated Media. And there was cool. a lot of performance-based art, and they just celebrated 50 years, and and they made a, a movie about it and stuff. But when you started laughing like that, I, I was instantly transported back into those classrooms where they somebody's art piece would say, "Everyone lie on the ground," and everyone laugh. <laughs> instantly transported to many, many joyful, you know, quote-unquote, happening performance art stuff like that i, I since i just had the university I'm, I'm revisiting some of the my artwork that I, I made from from back then and 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 wow yeah I, I just love that i love that fake laugh fake it till you make it laugh that that's that's ultimately the best i love that so much
2: That's awesome. Yeah, I definitely I think I've had some theater training, again, shocking to the people who know me. But I, I'm pretty sure we did that in improv too. like that's a that's definitely like a theater thing. But you can, you know, you can do it in the privacy of your own home in your own room with the door closed, if you don't want anybody else to hear you, you could laugh into a pillow, although that might suffocate yourself. I don't know. I don't highly recommend that one, but you know, it's, it's, it's great. It's definitely great. So yeah. So three different ways that you could try and, and who knows, maybe if you love it, you can share it with others who can try it and they'll share it with others and it will ripple out.
1: That's so great. LJ, thank you so much for coming on the show, closing out my season two, and, and and ending it on joyful laughter and very practical ways to 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 liven up yourself, as they say. I love it,
2: Clay. You're a gem. Thank you so so much for having me. It's it's great to be here again. Thank you.
1: Thanks, and and where can people find what you're doing now exactly? We'll leave the links up there for everybody. <laughs>
2: Yeah, so anyone who's interested in finding out more about compassion-based work and our compassionate Muse, comuse.work global business community for music and tech professionals can go to comuse.work and get their name on the list. And um, again, we will be sending out announcements about next steps for the platform coming soon. You can follow me across all channels, also social media channels at Compassionate Muse, except for Twitter, which is missing a couple of vowels without a couple of vowels. Mm. Compassionate Muse spelled C-M-P-A-S-S-I-O-N-A-T-E-M-S-E um, on Twitter. Join our community there and join our newsletter. And uh, you can do that also by going to comuse.org and uh, getting on the list.
1: So, thank you so much, LJ. It's been awesome catching up with you, and I'm so excited about you taking the music industry into a more compassionate space. And I will do my best to do that myself as, as things are things are starting to open back up here. And we we're ending uh, season two on definitely a high note for me, and it was just so great to catch up with you. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you, Clay.
0: Please take a moment to like, follow, and leave a comment below. Music is Valentine by House of Harm. Support the artists at houseofharm.bandcamp.com